I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the show's As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6 dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K A M I N S K I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello, the lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need your help. Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1969, Episode 38, October through November. As Abbey Road shot up the album charts, the Paul is Dead rumor continued to dominate the headlines in musical and mainstream magazines. And... In October, people are disturbed by Russ Gibb, program coordinator for station WKNR in Detroit, who determines that Paul is dead, offering as proof a multitude of clues from album covers dating back to Sgt. Pepper. This sets off a flurry of playing record labels and sleeves for more clues. Paul insists that he is alive, but if he's alive, then how did he die? It's a joke, isn't it? I mean, Paul isn't dead, you know, and if he was, we would have told you, you know. We'd be the first to know. I can't understand it because I can understand the James Dean kind of, he still lives, crippled, but won't come out, you know. I mean, there's some kind of idea you could guess, well, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But Paul McCartney couldn't die without the world knowing it. The same as he couldn't get married without the world knowing it. It's impossible. He can't go on holiday without the world knowing how. 
How could he die without everybody knowing it? He's recording uh, a group called the Ivies, but doing some background music for Ringo's film, The Magic Christian. I, you know, it's just insanity, but it's great plug for Abbey Road. On October 24th, Apple releases a single by the Plastic Ono Band, Cold Turkey. The A-side, with John's screaming vocal, Ringo's drums, Klaus Vormann's bass, and Eric Clapton's driving guitar, became for many the best post-Beatle record. Yeah, Mark Boland said it was the only new thing that had happened since the original Beatles when it came out, but I wasn't thinking I'm going to make a new sound, but it was pretty what they call minimal now. Just bass, drums, and guitar. It's a plaintive wail against the horrors of heroin addiction. Cold turkey, well, this self-explanatory. Was, that was the result of cold turkey, of experiencing cold turkey, withdrawal from heroin. Or any addiction that affects human life.
Even though it was anti-drug, the record was banned in a lot of places. John Lennon. But of course it was banned again, all over the American radio, so it never got off the ground. They were thinking I was promoting it. To me, it was a rock and roll version of The Man with the Golden Arm. You know, it's like banning The Man with the Golden Arm because it showed Frank Sinatra suffering from drug withdrawal. To ban the record is the same thing. It's like banning the movie because it shows reality. The B-side by Yoko laments the custody problems the couple were having over her first child. The musical lineup was the same as the A-side.
as John released his first solo studio single, Cold Turkey, on October 27th, with George Martin producing, Ringo became the first Beatle to undertake a solo studio album. The idea for the album was that Ringo would sing a dozen old standards, newly arranged by some of the biggest names in the world of popular and orchestral music, Elmer Bernstein, Quincy Jones, and others. On this first day, at Studio 3 in EMI Studios, London, a 17-piece orchestra recorded Night and Day, the 1937 hit for Tommy Dorsey. Night and day You are the one Only you Beneath the moon And under the sun Whether near to me or far It's no matter, darling, where you are, I think of you. Night and day, day and night, why is it so? That this longing for you follows wherever I go. In the roaring traffic's boom In the silence of my lonely room I think of you Night and day Night and day Under the height of me There's oh such a hungry yearning Burning inside of me all men will be through Till you let me spend my life Making love to you day and night All men won't be through Till you let me spend my life Making love to you day and night Night and day Day and night Night and day Something from Abbey Road was the group's next single. On October 31st, Apple releases a double A side. A Beatles single. Paul McCartney. You tended to think, well, if there's going to be a single, it would be John or me, or John and me, that would write it. And then suddenly George just came up with this song. It also happened that it was one of Alan Klein's favourite songs. I suggested rather strongly that uh, that single be released from the album, and I think you'll find it's the first time a single was ever released from a Beatles album. And it was done because, uh, maybe not to the knowledge of the outside world, but it was pretty much decided by everyone that uh, the four of them would try to do something individually uh, within the structure. In other words, within you know their arrangement, they would have a chance to uh, maybe magnify their own individual talent or let it be seen. And I felt it was important for George uh, at this juncture to show himself, I thought it was the best song on the album, you know, 
and John did also, and that's why it went out. It, that went out and come together. It was on the other side. Which we heard from the album. John Lennon. We're packed up with songs. We'll be recording again probably. I think we decided to start recording again around January, so the Get Back will probably come out around January, and we'll get another. We want to try and keep it up two a year. Although John announced that he was leaving the Beatles to his friends and his fellow bandmates, it seemed as if he still wasn't sure. Keeping the announcement from being made public still gave him the opportunity to return. It also gave his manager, Alan Klein, the room to negotiate business. Because we we want to put more out, not less, because we've got so much material. Now George is writing full, full, so we all seem to be writing more. There's just no room on an album anymore. And we can't do double albums every time, it takes so long, you know. But it's just a matter of, that's the problem now, is where to put it all, you know. And see, half the songs are the kind of things that somebody else wouldn't have a hit with it, only we could really make something out of it, you know. At the beginning of November, the Abbey Road album was number one in America, and by the end of the month, so was the single Something. Unfortunately, Cold Turkey only made it to number 14 in Britain, a pretty lame showing for a Beatle. Its performance in the States was even weaker, and Lennon was definitely bummed out that Cold Turkey didn't do better. Meanwhile, on Thursday, November 6th, at the Wessex Sound Studios, Highbury, New Park, London, Ringo recorded the song Stormy Weather, which was the 1943 hit for Lena Horne. sun up in the sky stormy weather since my girl and I ain't together keeps raining all the time life is bare gloom and misery everywhere stormy weather just can't get my poor self together I'm weary all the time The time So weary all the time When she went away The blues walked in and met me If she stays away Old rocking chair will get me All I do is pray The Lord above will let me Walk in the sun once more Can't go on Everything I had is gone Stormy weather Since my girl and I ain't together Training all the time Keep training all the time When she went away The blues walked in and let me If she stays away Old rocking chair will get me All I do is pray The Lord above will let me Walk in the sun once more Can't go on Everything I had is gone Stormy weather 
Since my girl and I together Keep waiting all the time The time On November 7th, John Ono Lennon and his wife Yoko Ono Lennon released their wedding album from the marriage in March. This is John and Yoko here, and we'd like you to listen to a bit of our wedding album out soon on Apple. Peace. Goodbye. Yoko? It comprised one side of John and Yoko enthusing their names to each other, and one side from the Amsterdam bed-in. John! Yoko! The elaborate album packaging took eight months to complete. There was a replica of their marriage certificate, a postcard, some photographs, and even a slice of wedding cake. A photograph of a piece of cake. A book of press clippings criticizing John and Yoko, and, of course, a record, side one of which you're hearing now. Side two was a sound collection of bits recorded at the honeymoon bedside. The whole package was a personal statement by John and Yoko, and, as with some of their other releases, was meant for the art gallery more than the general pop-oriented public. It was like our sharing our wedding with whoever wanted to share it with us. We didn't expect a hit record out of it. It was more of a... a that's why we call it wedding album. You know, people make a wedding album, show it to the relatives when they come round. Well, our relatives are the, what you call, fans or people that follow us outside. So that was our way of letting them join in on the wedding. On November 25th, with the single version of Cold Turkey stalling halfway up the British charts, John protests Britain's support of the U.S. war in Vietnam and Britain's policy in Biafra by sending back his MBE. I'd been planning on it for over a year and a bit, you know, I was waiting for a time to do it. Former art dealer critic Anthony Fawcett was the Lennon's personal assistant in late 69, and he recounted the sequence of events for John Wiener, author of Come Together, John Lennon in His Time. Quote, after breakfast, John rushed downstairs and told Les, the chauffeur, to leave right away for his Aunt Mimi's house to bring the metal back off the top of her TV set. While Les was doing that, John wrote up a statement addressed to the Queen. Your Majesty, it began. I am returning this MBE in protest of Britain's involvement in the Nigeria-Biafra thing, against our support of America in Vietnam, and against cold turkey slipping down the charts. And he signed it with love, John Lennon, of Bag, end quote. Then John and Yoko drove to Buckingham Palace and personally delivered the medal using the tradesmen's entrance as the working class is expected to do. A couple days later, the Lennons ran it all down for interviewer Ken Zillig, but minus the bit about cold turkey, curiously enough. John, why did you give the MBE back? As a protest against Britain's involvement in Biafra and Nigeria and about Britain's backing of the United States morally and verbally in Vietnam. What was the official procedure required to give back your MBE? I had to write three letters, one to the Queen, one to Harold Wilson, and one to the something of the Chancery or something, some anonymous person who, uh, who replied saying, thank you for your MBE, your faithfully anonymous person. How long ago did this happen? Yesterday. The day before yesterday, but I've been thinking about it for a year or two. Was Yoko an influence in your decision? Uh, I don't know, I suppose she was, you know. 
not, not, you know, in other words, it's his thing. I mean, he decided it. I never suggested anything. I talked about giving it back before we met, you know. Just being with Yoko, maybe, maybe do it now. What will you do about Vietnam and Biafra now? Keep promoting peace in the way we do, which is, whichever way you look at it, is just our way. We're artists, not politicians, and not uh, practical people. We don't organize. So we do it in the best way we know how, just to make people aware that if they want war to stop, only they can do it, and not politician won't stop it. And we think the whole movement is successful, as shown by Nixon having to riddle around a bit now and make stupid propaganda films about the moratorium and saying, the silent majority is with me, he claims, and make very juvenile films to show abroad of, with a very highly polished Negro in, in an Italian suit saying well, how great it is to be American. And uh, Nixon has been moved by the whole peace movement. That includes John and Yoko and the the whole of the people in the world that are doing it and that's how we're going to change it we're not going to vietnam to die for it or go to the Africa to die for it but we considered everything not dying but considered going to these places but uh, people prefer a dead saint to a living annoyance like john and yoko but we don't intend to be dead saints you know for people's convenience they like they prefer martin luther king and gandhi since he died you've never seen anything like india now celebrating gandhi year but anything less like Gandhi's principle going on in India, you've never seen. It's just a hoax, you know. And so we don't intend to be living saints either. People don't like saints. You could have refused to accept the MBE originally. prompted you to accept it? Well, I was a hypocrite, and I was on the make. Well, needless to say, the royals were a bit mystified about John's action. Predictably, this drives the knife in even further for the people affronted by his having received it in the first place. When the news was made public the next day, November 26th, the London papers almost unanimously blasted him for what he openly admitted was a publicity stunt, all right, to promote peace. But soon after, Lenin was buoyed by a letter of support he received from Bertrand Russell, the eminent English philosopher, mathematician, and social reformer. Wrote Russell, quote, Whatever abuse you have suffered in the press as a result of this, I am confident that your remarks will have caused a very large number of people to think again about these wars. Close quote. And there was at least one MBE, or former MBE, who thought John's returning his medal was a cool move, a gent named Barry Hearn. Back in 65, he'd sent back his MBE in protest of the Beatles Award. But the day after Lenin's return was made public, Buckingham Palace publicly announced Mr. Hearn had contacted them, asking for the return of his medal. Unfortunately, Hearn never got it back. No one at the palace could ever find it. On Wednesday, November 26th, at EMI Studios London, Studio 2, John was determined to see... What a shame Mary Jane had to pay the party. What's the new Mary Jane? And You Know My Name, Look Up the Number, released. Though Beatles recordings and Lennon-McCartney's song copyrights, they were really his work and his songs. If the Beatles wouldn't release them, then he would, as a single under the Plastic Ono Band banner. Let's hear it. <laughs> Before we get taken away. The sessions this day were co-produced by John Lennon and Jeff Emmerich.
Discs were soon cut and Apple announced a rush release date of Friday, the 5th of December. Apple also announced, rather cryptically, that the recordings featured John and Yoko singing with, quote, with instrumental support from a group of many of the greatest show business names of today, unquote. For reasons unknown, though it's likely the other Beatles objected, the record never appeared. By Monday the 1st of December, it was on hold and never came off. Or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. everyone paul and james here to tell you about one of the best music podcasts online today it's called take it away the complete paul mccartney archive podcast yeah as longtime listeners of our show know take it away and its hosts ryan brady and chris mercer are the authority on all things paul mccartney wings and the beatles their five-star rated podcast walks you through every single paul mccartney release from 1970 to present day that's every song on every album including singles b-sides bootlegs and you will most likely hear songs you've never heard before which is part of the fun of the show you'll also hear old favorites from new perspectives all lovingly placed in the context of mccartney's career and the musical sounds of their era yeah and don't miss the amazing interview with denny lane co-founder of wings and mccartney songwriting collaborator as well as a slew of other special guest appearances that give some really cool insight into the music that spans the last 50 years. So if you're a McCartney fan, you've found your new favorite show, because I know I have. Seriously, I never miss an episode, and neither should you. That's Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney Archive podcast, available for download now wherever you find podcasts. Check it out now! I'm Paul Kaminsky. And I'm James Kaminsky. And we are the co-hosts of the Third Men Podcast. We are a Jack White history podcast where we go over the White Stripes, Third Man Records, the list goes on. And occasionally, we do a funny voice or two. So you're going to probably want to get used to that. Or turn it off. Whatever your preference. Or whatever turns you on. (laughs) Hey now, you're an all-star, because occasionally... We'll do an all-star We did do an entire Smash Mouth episode once. That is true. (laughs) We are every other week on Wednesdays, and we are available on iTunes and really wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so why don't you come on and find yourself a little home here with us? We promise we'll be weird roommates. If I want to do the dishes without my pants on, that's my deal. That was weird. See? We weren't (laughs) even lying. (laughs) 
jungle shadows fall Like the tick-tick-tock of the stately clock As it stands against the wall Like the drip-drip-drip of the raindrops When the summer shower is through So a voice within me keeps repeating You, 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 night and day You are the one Only you beneath the moon and under the sun Whether near to me or far It's no matter, darling, where you are I think of you Night and day Day and night Why is it so That this longing for you follows wherever I go In the roaring traffic's boom In the silence of my lonely room I think of you Night and day Night and day Under the height of me There's an oh such a hungry yearning burning inside of me And its torment won't be through Till you let me spend my life making love to you day and night Night and day 